Welcome to episode 34 of the Toledo Matters podcast. With you as always is your host, Bob Tucker, your co-host, Danny Woodcock, and myself, Nathan Lewis. Hello, everybody. Hey. Uh, with us today, we have uh, John McCarty and Anna Collin. Uh, of the National Great Lakes Museum, so we're going to hear about that. National Museum of the Great Nash- Lakes. Oh, geez, I screwed that I gotcha. up. I gotcha. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a tough one. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so it was for, pretty fun, though. They were fun, fun group. They were, and yeah. they brought trivia for us. We, yeah, and we made a full It did not go over very well, but uh, it, for, for those of you te- Toledo natives who've been around for a while and, and wonder what the heck happened to the Willis Boyer, that you'll find out. So uh, anyway, what have you guys been up to? Not a whole lot. Um, you know, the, getting through the Valentine's Day stuff, uh, which is always a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. You get booed. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Come on. He gets applauded. Yeah. yeah, I haven't really done much Toledo stuff in the last couple of weeks. I've been busy buying a car and all kinds of things. A like car? That. You, bought, Ooh, a you car. bought a car? I bought a car. Did you really buy a car? I bought a truck. There you, there you go. go. There Sorry. you go. Right. I, I'm Big old truck. now living the truck life. <laughs> Uh, Bob, where are you up to? Uh, my firm does a annual ski trip every year up north, which uh, is is where I was last weekend. Uh, I, I almost thought I, I was figuring I probably wasn't going to be able to go, but I was able to go at the last minute, and that was good. So it was. Fun. Well, wasn't this the first time where you weren't in charge? Like you weren't no. the newest guy or whatever. No, it's like the fourth year of, <laughs> oh, of okay. that, which You're is not nice. In the barrel. Yeah. yeah, I'm not in the barrel. <laughs> nice, excellent. Uh, uh, I had a very Toledo weekend. Of course. Watched that Robert Easter fight. Man, yep. he went in there and kicked some, kicked booty. some booty. Yeah, yep. the Huntington Center was popping off was that busy, night. Yeah. It was so uh, lit. Was as that the your kids first are boxing match? Yeah, first and probably last. <laughs> I just didn't see the appeal. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's one of those things that's definitely you know, we, back in the day, it was the big thing. You mm-hmm. know, it was like bigger than a, baseball. Now really. I watch people kick each other in the face. Well, yeah, MMA like, has kind of taken that slot, yeah. and you don't see the big fight. You don't really have like the Ali and all yep. the juggernauts like you used to. So it's kind of taken yep. a backseat. How were, where were you sitting? How, how was the view and stuff? Uh, they were very good. We were probably four or five rows up into the stands, and there was also seating down in the middle, and the ring was in the middle. It was great. You could see it from the whole place. Cool. And then um, on Saturday, we went to the Walleyes game. My roommate's mom. It was her birthday. Nice. Uh, so we went to the Walleye game. We sat right in the glass, right next to the penalty boxes. So when our heckle, guys got in the penalty... dudes. Well, the, we the, sat on our guy's side. Right. So when Denny was his name, he he had three goals on the day, and he went in the box. I was like, you're getting four. You're getting four. He's like, uh, I'll try, man. I'm a defender, though. <laughs> that was a blast. Did, did they end up winning? Uh, they lost in overtime. Oh, boo, yes, it was, boo. It, a lot of fights, though. A lot of good, good mean, games. Great games. Well, games. Minor league hockey fun. for you. Yeah, yep. That's great. Well, I love those games. I got engaged in one of those games. Yeah. Ooh, were you on the Jumbotron? I was. Do we have video? I don't think they didn't record it. Come on. Yeah. I'm glad because uh, uh, it's probably like white. I, I don't even remember it. It's all like a blur. <laughs> I can remember up. like right before it was happening going, this is the worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> oh, come on. Not about marrying Steph, but like just doing the way there. doing it that way. Okay, it was just yeah. not. I was just like regretting it <laughs> completely. <laughs> so loyal subscribers to our feed will notice that we put out a, another podcast, the 419. Yep. Uh hope you really enjoyed that episode we are having i mostly am having a lot of fun with that and should you have enjoyed that if you want to keep listening uh head on over to the 419 look search for that in the podcast this will this feed will no longer feature the 419 podcast just the toledo matters podcast so if you did like that make sure to sign up for the other one so that you can uh, get both it's also available on our website toledomatters.com uh on google play it's also on amazon's alexa for those who missed 
that? What give them a brief uh, uh, description of what the show is? Uh, the the it's going to be a storytelling series on a couple distinctly different journeys. So the very first one was Prohibition Toledo. We talked about the gangs and the mobsters that took hold on the city and a couple a couple very significant murders that happened right. and where in relation. When those murders happened back in 1924, where that is today, right? And it it's gives me a different perspective when I go downtown and look at some of these we've, spots. We've had a few listeners were hoping that it's going to be always about crime, but it's actually going to be yep. a, a wide variety. Of and different so the history. next one will be about the first African American and the second African American to play major league ball, Moses Fleetwood Walker and his brother Weldy Walker. And then we have a couple more journeys that I will let reveal themselves later. And that's coming out what next late next week? That maybe? will be late next week. Yes, All right, sir. Great. Oh, or actually, this week. That will be this week. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Well, without, without further, further ado, ado, here are John McCarty and Anna Cowan from the National Museum of the Great Lakes. With us today, we have uh, John McCarty and Anna Collin, <laughs> both of the uh, National Museum of the Great Lakes, which is kind of what we're here to talk about today. Welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Welcome. Great to be here. And so, uh, just so I, you know, I'm going to massacre this. So, how about you tell me, what, what are you guys' relative titles and, and roles at the museum? I'm the uh, Chief Operating Officer, which is a very fancy title for given <laughs> at not-for-profit organizations. I'm responsible for the museum, our three-and-a-half-acre plaza, the museum ship, uh, finance, HR, cleaning bathrooms on Wednesdays if they're <laughs> dirty. Uh, so the day-to-day. The day-to-day -day operations yeah. of the museum. All right. And I technically am the Development Director, but I also serve as the Marketing Director and PR, and I... Just go by a giant ampersand. So, so whatever hands. you need. Gotcha. <laughs> With a small staff, we all pretty much fill in when necessary. So the museum is not very old, right? It's three years old. Three years. Wow. Yeah. However, the organization is over seventy. Okay, so let's let's talk about that because I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna act stupid about all this because I kind of am <laughs> and I apologize. Um, so what's the organization behind the museum? The uh, sponsoring organization is the Great Lakes Historical Society. It's based in Vermilion, Ohio, uh, for the last 72 years. Uh, was, uh, had a historic mansion, and in 1952, they built a small museum annex. And starting in 2004, they looked to, to do an expanded museum location. It took some time. And um, Toledo worked out very nicely. There was the empty ferry building mm -hmm. and the... We already had the ship, the, at the time, the Willisby Boyer, right, and yeah. we moved that down, and the city had some money that could only be used for a park. And nice. so we have a three-and-a-half-acre park plaza that also has artifacts, and you know that's free and open to the public at all times. And so were you guys involved with the organization before the museum came into being, or how did, how did you guys get involved with this? Ironically, I was a board member prior to the move here, um, and uh, which is great because now that I work here, I, I have a lot of history, yeah. know the staff, and know the issues. I actually came aboard the organization in 2013. I was the first Toledo employee. Um, I was friends with. Thank you. Uh, I was uh, friends with Paul Lamar, who was instrumental in the whole making of the National Museum of the Great Lakes and with the Willsby Boyer and the Schoonmaker, um, and he 
snatched me up pretty quickly, <laughs> given the opportunity to come over to the museum and start this this job. So, okay. And so before you guys had your current gigs doing the, the museum thing, what's your background? What were you doing beforehand? I was a banker for 38 years, uh, but always active in the community. And um, I had a long-term plan that if I had the opportunity or could financially do it to work for a not-for-profit, maybe the last five or six years of my working career. So this opportunity just happened to come available about the time I uh, early retired from the bank. Well, nice. there you go. And we're grateful for that. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, my background, I actually came from Imagination Station. Okay. Um, I was also with COSI previous to that. Sure. And yeah. then in the interim, when that closed, I went to the Toledo Club and served as their membership and marketing director. And so I've gone back and forth between private club industry. I, previous to COSI, I was with Belmont Country Club in Perrysburg. And so I've stuck in the nonprofit world, but on very opposite ends. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Now, are, are either of you or both of you Toledo natives, or you come from elsewhere? What's what about that? I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, okay. uh, and worked in Cleveland for a number of years, and moved to Toledo in two thousand uh, at with KeyBank at that time. So, uh, my wife and I just love it here in Toledo. We weren't in Toledo three months when I heard her talking to her best friend in Cleveland, saying. We like Toledo a lot more than Cleveland. <laughs> there you go. Her, her, the applause line for that, Danny. Come on. <laughs> her friend wasn't so she keen was so on keen, hearing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I actually grew up right over the border in Ida. Okay. Yeah. And went to school at University of Toledo, and I'm a graduate. I'm a rocket, and then uh, right. I stayed Rockets. here ever since. So right. it's been 25. Oh gosh, almost 30 years. Yeah. No, it couldn't be. It's been a long time. <laughs> We don't need to we'll go just into leave the there. specifics. <laughs> yeah. So if somebody, where is the museum? If people don't know, like physically located, it's it's on the river, right? It's on the it, east side. Yeah. Is it's there over... any big markers of it? Well, no, tell? just, just <laughs> well, so somebody like who has no idea. You know yeah. where the docks are? Yes. Okay, so if you cross over the Cherry Street Bridge and the docks are on the right-hand side, we are on the opposite side. We're on the left-hand side all the way to the end. So that road to nowhere with all the beautiful yeah. lights on mm -hmm. it. We are now the anchor point for the marina yeah. district. Heading toward the lake, right? Yep. And so there's that kind of city-owned marina or docks like right next the to the Skyway guys. Marina. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that is still um, owned, and or, uh, owned and operated by the city of Toledo. Okay. Or they hire out. They yeah. serve. Brenner Marine has operated it the last three years, but it's still owned by the city. Yeah. Is that by the area that uh, Prometica purchased for the Metro Parks? Yes. yes. Okay. The Marina District is the area that, that Prometica purchased. Got it. And that's the area towards you, the docks. You, so you drive through it to get to the museum. Right. From yep. Cherry Street down to our property, there are 69 acres. That's the Marina District. Okay. So, or if cool. you go to the original Tony Paco's, you have to drive by the museum. Right. Yep. Um, so you said it's only been there for three years. That boat has been there longer, though, correct? <laughs> you should see Anna looking around. She's like, where is this voice I feel like the Muppets from? right now. <laughs> <laughs> mysterious voice behind the curtain yeah i'm sorry what <laughs> um the the boat's been there longer than three years right the uh boyer was down on in international park on the other side of the docks complex ah, uh, it, it was for, further inland okay yes yeah. yeah and as part of the museum opening um we changed the name back to the original name uh, painted back to the original colors, and then it was um, tugged down. We had to set up a slip for it. It's 106 years old, oh, so it's, wow. it, uh, the engines do not operate. <laughs> it's not under its own power. 
So, all right, you, you just said you painted the thing, and I, you know, I've I've been on that boat as a kid and all that stuff, and I guess it, I probably shouldn't be calling it a boat, right? No, is that, it's is a boat. Right? In the Great Lakes, it's a boat. It's a boat. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know. Ship, Outside boat, of the Great Lakes, know. it's a ship. Okay, yeah. Uh, how much don't paint does that? Yeah. <laughs> It has to be like a ton of paint, right? Well, the contributory value from Sherwin Williams yeah. for the paint was two hundred and twenty-five thousand. Yeah, dollars. Oh, geez. Oh. it's six hundred and seventeen feet long, and wow. I'm not quite sure how tall. I'm it just is, thinking to myself that had to have been a lot of paint. Yeah, it's <laughs> not job. an afternoon. It's not a weekend project yeah. 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 in any way, shape, or form. Sherwin Williams painted for you too. <laughs> no, but they they were a donor, so I mean they took care of the paint, right? Yes. <laughs> no, there's still ship shipping activities in the area and dry, yeah, yeah. dry dock and whatever you you pull in there. They let the water out to paint beneath the water line. Yeah. Uh, I, I worked in the four Seagate building and, and a few years ago I, we shifted offices due to seniority and stuff. And, and I was able to grab one that overlooked the river, which was my nice. goal. So I was looking West and now I'm overlooking the river and it's Kind of distracting sometimes to see you know, these big boats being tugged in and out and stuff. And, it's a good thing our office doesn't have any windows. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, I guess for folks who who've never been to the museum or, or are not familiar with it, uh, what what are the sort of exhibits you have? What are the, the attractions that you would 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 advertise or, or tell somebody about? We've got a great um, six-minute introductory video that's custom-made. There's thunder and cannon fire and lights <laughs> flashing. On, uh, Prometica was a significant sponsor of that film, which we're very appreciative of. It was uh, professionally designed by a national design firm. It's meant uh, not to have docents. It's meant to be self-led. Every exhibit is self-explanatory. There's 45 interactive exhibits and i would say only five or six are for small children so there's lots of buttons to push for adults (laughs) to hear the three or four minute video about the cruise ship that was turned into an aircraft carrier to train pilots on lake michigan for world war ii wow so uh, it's the kind of museum if you're in a hurry and spend an hour that's fine but we've had people spend three hours and say i need to come back and so you get to walk through the entire kind of innards of the ship as you're looking at the exhibit then? Well, there's two different, in addition to the Schoonmaker that is a museum ship, there's also the museum itself, which is a 12,000 square foot you know, museum okay. that has the six different um, areas, the exhibit areas in it. Um, and so it, what also makes this very unique is that um, this integration of the hands-on exhibits in addition to the historical, is n- there's been no other maritime museums that have that have actually merged those two things together. And so to have this type of um, engagement with all ages from, you know, little kids all the way up to, to, you know, the oldest of the adults, you know, this is something for everything, for everybody. And families really do um, have a great time with it. You know, the little kids can come in and they can go back to our port play area and we're constantly having to fix it. <laughs> because kids are back there just banging it. Um, but it, it really, it provides an opportunity for families of all ages to be able to come in and explore history together and learn a lot about where we are and where Toledo is and about the history of the maritime industry here. The Schoonmakers open, um, May 1 through October 31st, as I mentioned, 617 feet long. That's self-guided tours there. Um, takes a few minutes to walk from one end to the other. So (laughs) once again, a a quick tour on the schoonmaker could could be still an hour. Once again, if you just walk through and don't read any of the signs, 
you can make it a lot faster. But even the schoonmaker is self-guided too. So you can go up on that and you can check it out. There's arrows that point you in the, oh, the different directions and places to go, but you can go down in the engine room. Uh, we just went through a full restoration last year and you can now go down into the engine room all the way down, um, check out everything. I mean, it, it's amazing. It's all Chrome. <laughs> Right. never seen that much chrome in my life <laughs> um and then even back into you know up into the, the pilots or the um captain's quarters i mean everything's been completely redone all the woodwork's been refinished it's absolutely beautiful it's most most restored hist uh, historic freighter anywhere in the country cool so, and it's right here in toledo it's right here on the and are, you, are you allowed to take pictures when you're inside absolutely. and stuff awesome <laughs> no, i have a question i, I once toured I, I toured the boyer i think as a field trip like as a kid you know when i was little um, but I don't really remember that. I remember more touring a battleship in North Carolina or something <laughs> like in the middle of the summer and there's no, there was no air conditioning in the inside of the ship. So my question for you, if I go to the, to the schoonmaker, let's say August one and it's mm -hmm. 90 degrees outside, it's going to be really sweaty. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Our, our heat, Straightforward. the heat system works very well in the summer yeah. and occasionally I'll take some uh, donors or special people up in the winter and the air conditioning is great in the winter. Yeah. <laughs> so it gets very slick up there in the winter. So I that, mean, even when it's just kind of wet out, the deck gets very, very right. slippery. Right. Here's a dumb question again. I'm full of dumb questions. It's not dumb um, questions. So when it was actually active and, you know, running on the lakes, you know, it's, it's, not a young ship so i imagine it didn't have central air then either were those folks just sweating and really cold or in the winter like how That's does an excellent question yeah. john what probably, do you think? probably in the barrel the answer is yes <laughs> now the great yeah. lakes shipping season um you know ends in november or december what did it ship all kinds of stuff or did it have a specific purpose of a, of a specific type of you know shipment or uh, iron ore was its primary taconite pellets what is that? Taconite pellet? Yeah. Well, we were That's my like, $5 what? word for the day. It sounds like something a superhero uses to build weapons. It's iron ore. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. They're just in little tiny, little tiny pellets. Yeah. Okay. Tic-tacs. <laughs> Bigger um, than a tic-tac. About the size of a marble. And grain would have been another. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's some stone and some other minor things, but um, iron ore and grain would have been the two primary that uh, the schoonmaker and how long has it been parked here at the Maumee? It moved down into this location in 2012. But prior to that, it was... Was that international It was park? an international park. It was mid-80s, I believe, is when it okay. actually arrived in Toledo. Okay. Um, and it was changed back, just a bit of history here, it was changed back to its original name, the James M. Schoonmaker, on the 100th anniversary to the hour of when it was originally christened. <laughs> wow. And it was uh, rechristened by the granddaughter of Colonel James M. Schoonmaker. Oh, was my goodness. It? Very cool. So we had a lot How of history How did you set that up? I, well, neither one of us were here. Oh, okay. <laughs> they did a great job. <laughs> yeah. And we thanked them. <laughs> How are you going about finding that? Well, girl? you know, they are actually, the Schoonmakers are very involved with our oh, organization. Okay. And so Good. they, you know, are heavily involved in the ongoing maintenance and, pr and protection of the, of the ship. So... Are they a Toledo they family? Not. No. Okay. No. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of uh, exhibits do you guys have coming up? I was looking online and I saw ones coming up pretty soon. Yes, we've got a, a special uh, exhibit on called Ballast Technology. and It's um, floating, right? Or Am yes. I right about that? Uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I don't, as a banker, I didn't have a lot of deep experience yeah. in maritime, but <laughs> yeah. when, when you think about it, 
there's needs to be weight underneath the water so the boat doesn't tip over and the changes when the boat is full of cargo mm -hmm. and very heavy you don't need it when it's empty that's when you need it so this is water's discharged into the lake or pumped in to the lake and ocean going vessels that have come into the great lakes have, have brought invasive species zebra mussels <laughs> yes <laughs> so they're sucking in ocean water and then when they don't need the ballast after they get rid of their stuff they're dumping it into the great lakes is that yeah. what basically happens um, but there's a professor at Wayne State and one at Grand Valley State uh, University of Michigan that are, are working on some very modern state-of-the-art, how to analyze what's in the ballast. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's a very short um, presentation, but um, we're, we're hosting that exhibit. Then we have a number of other programs uh, coming up, our spring lecture series. We've got three of those scheduled, uh, March, April, and May. So what, where are those going to be on? The first one is going to be on the ballast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Conveniently. Yeah. Uh, technology. So if I'm, I've never been to the museum. If I'm going there, uh, what's one of the spots that you guys, you think this is the spot? You got to look at this one. So um, Toledo is very, was instrumental and was very involved with the Emma Fitzgerald, which mm -hmm. everybody who's from around this area knows what the Emma Fitzgerald was. In the, what in is the, that? The Emma Fitzgerald. Yeah, I don't. It's a I big boat. Okay. Um, no. Honestly, <laughs> there's a song about 40, it, Danny. Yeah, uh, 41 years ago. Uh, okay. the, it was a large freighter that went down November 10th in Lake Superior and took to, uh, 29 souls with it, and mm. they've never been found. Um, so it is very sad. But the Toledo's connection to it is that there were a number of the sailors, including the captain who was from here in Toledo. Mm. He lived in Ottawa Hills. We actually have uh, one of the two life rafts that were found floating oh. uh, above the wreck site. Actually, there was one that had gone up onto the um, under the road or had gone onto shore. And then there was the one that was floating above the wreck site. And that's the one that we actually have on display at the museum. That was one of the catalysts for us coming here as well, as we never had a place down in Vermilion large enough to be able to, to put this life raft on display. And it's just an amazing artifact. Um, we also have a number of other artifacts from the Fitzgerald. We have a sounding board, um, oars, life rings, various other things from that. But we also have a really beautiful interactive that was developed around the Fitzgerald. It's uh, basically, it's great for everybody, but kids love it because you can actually take a, a joystick and take a submersible camera down to the wreck site of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And there's oh. five, five beacons below that when you navigate toward these beacons, it'll tell you one of the theories behind why the Fitzgerald sank. Huh. And so it's there are not five only different theories. Is that... There's a number of different yeah. theories from everything from, you know, hatch covers weren't sealed properly. Aliens. Um, aliens. Yeah. That is seriously one of the, <laughs> the Great Lakes one of the little more far out there. <laughs> the Great Lakes Triangle. Um, we as an organization don't necessarily take a stance on it because sure. it is a highly um, you know, questionable thing. Yeah. Um, but that is one of the really one of the neat ones. We actually won an honorable mention with um, um, a museum award. For that particular exhibit. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It is yeah. really beautiful. But I could tell you're leaning aliens. For oh, absolutely. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's definitely the alien. John, do you have a favorite exhibit uh, or spot at the museum? My favorite, uh, which I started to reference earlier, was this conversion during World War II that really took a very elegant cruise passenger ship, cut the top off, made a uh, training aircraft carrier. It never. Mm -hmm. it, the deck was wood. Yeah. There were no guns. You know, they, sure. they couldn't have used it in, in, in the war. Uh, they were able the to take, take off and land on it. Mm -hmm. and yeah. The, yeah. And they um, 
they wanted they did it in Lake Michigan. They didn't want to do it at either the Atlantic or Pacific Ocean because of uh, submarines, right? And they didn't want to use a real ship <laughs> that real planes were using. But it's uh, you know eighteen thousand pilots trained on that, and you had to do wow. eight takeoffs wow. and eight landings. And the landing, you landed on it, and they had basically a piece of wire, mm -hmm. and the back of your plane had to catch the wire. Right, and they so. basically still do the same thing nowadays. They still have the, the catch wire for mm -hmm. the yeah. F-14s and stuff. That uh, land. I think eight soldiers died and maybe two staff people, and there's plenty of pictures. There's 100 airplanes that made it to the bottom of Lake Michigan. <laughs> they just recently found one. The last couple of years, they found one in Lake wow. Michigan. So where they found some shipwreck. Well, they found plane, the plane. Wreck. plane, plane wreck. wreck. Yeah. Where in Lake Michigan were they doing that? Uh, out of Chicago. So they they didn't go far, far north. Okay. Yeah. Gives yeah. a whole new term to the Navy Pier. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's a reason for it. <laughs> um, George W., or not George W., George um, Bush Senior. H.W. H.W., thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember his initial. He actually trained on it. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. So when he was 21, which is kind of a neat little historical. Sounds like there's got pretty rich history to the to this the boat itself and everything. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we have a uh, a mini documentary that shows the, the, the how it was how the progress of it, how they took it from the CNB, which was this luxury liner, and they converted it over, and they kind of go through the whole story of how the project kind of took yeah. how, how it all happened, yeah. and what they did. And it was really neat. That's a, one of my favorites too, John. And having amazing memory abilities, I now recall the next two lecture series. Oh, Our second amazing. one in April is a uh, interpreter, uh, a um, an assistant to one of the Jesuits that that mm -hmm. talks um, about a French explorer's uh, journey. And then the last program is entitled "Ship Captain's Daughter Growing Up on the Great Lakes." Very cool. So we typically, at least once or, or twice during the lecture series throughout the year, we try to bring in at least one Toledo topic. Mm -hmm. um, in the past, we've used, uh, or we've had Clint Mock, who's a historian. Yeah. Uh, he wrote the uh, Toledo Tales of Toledo, yeah. um, Historical Tales of Toledo. And then Use we had, that for that other podcast we do. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, amazing. Have you, it's did awesome you interview book. him? No, no, I had the book. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we, uh, Scott and Dave Ramsey came in from the Dart Brothers or the Dart yeah. Boat Company, and they spoke too. Very cool. Cool. Uh, where can one go to get some more information on this stuff? On the museum? Yeah. Yep. yeah. They can visit and our website <laughs> at uh, inlandseas.org. I-N-L-A-N-D-S-E-A-S.org. So Inland Seas. Correct. Which it happens to also be the name of our journal that we do, which is called Inland Seas. Um, or you can call us at the museum at 419-214-5000. And or you can just Google Great Lakes Museum. And it will all be. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have all that in our show notes as well. So. Free plug to Google. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> um, Google National Museum of the Great Lakes. National Museum. Got it. Now, uh, one of the things we like to do... Oh, Danny, intro to this. Well, usually we like to ask some trivia questions, but it sounds like you guys brought your own for us. Well, I've already ruined one of them, so... That's okay. We forgot already. I already yeah. forgot, to be honest. <laughs> yep. So how many questions you guys got? We got three. three. All right, I have some sound effects over here, so I'll play them. Give me a thumbs up or down if we get it right so okay. I can buzz or ding us. Okay. Where was the captain of the Edmund Fitzgerald from? Hmm. Ah, oh boy. Yes, As a reminder, I did say this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Sylvania. Inside Perrysburg. Uh, Chicago. 
Oh man. The Ottawa Hill. We're getting a taste. Ottawa Hill. Uh, right We're getting a taste of our own medicine today. Mm. All right. What's up next? The Fitzgerald had a nickname among Great Lake freighters and people that worked them. Mm. Uh, uh, Nate, do you know the song? I bet it's in the song. It's not in the song. I it's don't not in the song. Know the oh, song. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the Fitzgerald, nope. it might be tough. Yeah, no that's idea. a tough one. Big Bertha. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 blue whale. <laughs> Eddie. Nice, nice it has a it has a city name in it. Pennsylvania. Uh, mm. No. The, the <laughs> Ottawa Hills. Ship. I think we should just let it go. <laughs> We're not very good at this. It was known as the Toledo Express. Oh, because man. We should have known that. We, to- yeah, Toledo was one of its, uh, that go from Duluth to Toledo. It was a five-day trip, and it made that trip more, uh. than, more than any other destination <laughs> on the Great Lakes. How do we not know that? Uh, yeah, we should have had that one. Okay. pretty bad. I'm glad we don't get this often. <laughs> this one is an easy one. It's a cake one. You couldn't lead with that? <laughs> what became of the Willis? B. Boyer. It moved toward the lake and stopped at the museum, and they renamed it, rechristened it the, the Schoonmaker. Yes! Woo! All right, at least we got one. We, we got one. one. We redeemed ourselves. One of three, not bad. <laughs> you each get one free pass. Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, well, I have four questions ready for you guys. Awesome. And should you get any, all, or none of them right, you're going to go home with some Toledo Matters coffee mugs and some coffee from Actual Coffee. Uh, this blend is known as the Ethiopia Nikis, and it was roasted yesterday on February 15th. Oh, great. Yep. So this is very nice good fresh. Stuff. And let's get started. Uh, these go in chronological order. Usually I go easy, medium, hard, but it's just easier to do this way. Okay. And since you are the National Museum of the Great Lakes, I figured we'd focus these on another museum around here, the Toledo Museum of Art. Okay. So, uh, that's tricky. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So question one, Edward Drummond Libby and a cohort of six other incorporators first opened the Toledo Museum of Art in what year? 1890. Um, 1906. 1805. 1901. Oh, see, we're halfway between. That's a pretty specific question there. I know, I know. (laughs) All right. Question number two. Edward Drummond Libby pledged $50,000 towards a new museum building if the people of Toledo would raise an equal amount. That goal was accomplished in just 20 days, less than a month. So Edward and his wife, Florence, donated six acres of land on Monroe Street for that cause. In what year did they move to their new building? You know, these year things are kind of tough. Dude. I mean, should any of you guys wrote on the Christmas trolleys? You did them all right. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Shameless plug for our Christmas uh, 1911. Very close. 1912. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Good teamwork there. Thanks, John. <laughs> all right. Question number three. Uh, on May 21st, 2013, the Saloon Museum of Art went off the grid for the very first time. What produced enough energy for them to meet their operational needs and meet some energy needs to give back to the electrical grid? Don't they have a solar field behind? Yes, uh, they in do. In the parking lot. Yes, they do. And they also have, fun fact, one of four electric car charging stations in downtown Toledo. Really? Oh, yep. Very Another cool. one is right in front of my apartment on Superior. Now you just need an electric car. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, How's it working out for you? <laughs> I drive a Chrysler, not too well. <laughs> All right, uh, the final one. This is kind of fun. If you've ever been to the museum, this is one of my favorite paintings there. Uh, in 1821, Sir Thomas Lawrence painted 
uh, he painted something that's hosted the TMA. When you walk into this room, his foot looks like it's facing you, and by the time you get to the end, his foot looks like it's facing the other doorway with your eyes. It follows you. Do you know what that painting is called? No. no. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. No idea. It's okay. It's called Lord Amherst, and it's pretty optical illusion freaking cool. I want to go see it now. I, yeah. re- I remember seeing the painting, but not... It's a very large on the wall. It's uh, You'll walk in, and then his foot will just follow you the whole way. It's kind of weird. You feel like you're being kicked. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for playing with us. We really appreciate that. Thank you for bringing some trivia for us. Yeah, that was yeah, fun. No, that's fun. We got. We, got the... I'm gonna include in the email. No one else is allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, it kind of shows how, how bad we are. Right? Right. We're so used to yeah, being on the other side. <laughs> so the, the other thing we like to do uh, for for all of our guests is to, to ask you uh, if you know of any hidden gems in Toledo. So what, what this means is something that uh, you think more people in Toledo need to know about. Or if some visitor was coming to Toledo, like, oh, you got to see this really cool thing. Obviously, or do this cool national. Thing. Well, that's Great the Lakes first thing we yeah. say. And, and yeah, yeah. Try not to pick the obvious. Is, is what we're going for here. Like the metro yeah. parks. Um, you know, I love them. Although it's not a hidden gem because it's been there, but the Oliver House. Nice. Everything about the Oliver yep. House. Yeah. Um, you know, the owners are fantastic. Every organization or every restaurant that's been through there has just been great, and I. Definitely the Oliver House. I was just at right the, uh, the the Rockwell's Lounge downstairs. Mm-hmm. It's just like the pretty pretty quiet little spot mm-hmm. to go hang out. Yep. It's pretty awesome. It's a great place. It's got a lot of history in that building. It's exactly. the oldest hotel. Abe yeah. Lincoln stayed there. Mm-hmm. That did. is factually the oldest uh, inhabited building in downtown. John? Toledo Jazz Orchestra. Ooh, oh, what? Okay. The, uh, it's a misleading name. It's a big band orchestra. Oh, okay. So okay. There's I'm even more interested. 12 to 16 uh, uh, saxophones, trumpets, horns, a bass, a piano player, um, and dr- uh, drummer. Okay. Um, it suffers because most people don't like jazz. They think of jazz as four guys in a nightclub just playing random music. Right. So they <laughs> think going to the Toledo Jazz Orchestra isn't much fun. They do four concerts a year at the uh, Valentine, and they do a bistro series, which uh, this year they're holding at Registry Bistro. Okay, Tickets are very uh, affordable, nice. and it's just great, great music. Awesome. Wow, well, get behind cool. some jazz. Yeah, that sounds some more great. Jazz or a big band. I mean, that's... Yeah. yeah. They used to do uh, jazz or swing-a-rama at mm-hmm. uh, Martini and Newsies, where I live right across the street, and mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. I miss uh, Murphy's. That was uh, always a great place to go watch yeah. some jazz. Every time he speaks, it just... <laughs> He's walking yeah. around in here. Like, <laughs> Although that, that's more of the uh, four guys in a smoky Yeah, that's more of the yeah. big band <laughs> stuff. But, yeah. Well, guys, thank you very much for coming. We Absolutely. really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Um, yeah. It was a pleasure. It's great to be here. Yeah. Is there anything else we missed? I don't think so. No? Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, well, everyone will have to check out the, the museum. Sounds like a great time. We're definitely going to. And uh, maybe we'll post a few, few pictures when we do. Um, thank you very much for joining us for the 34th episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. Danny, why don't you take us out? For more information on John, Anna, and the National Museum of the Great Lakes, stop on by or visit inlandsea.org. Thank you to Waveflow Media. Toledo Matters is always recorded out of the magnificent studios of Waveflow Media. For your audio engineering and recording studio needs, visit waveflowmedia.com. Additional support for the Toledo Matters podcast via social media comes from Peacock Social. Check out peacocksocial.com for more information on that. Thank you to Toledo Matters trivia prize sponsor, Actual Coffee. And another thank you to our fabulous designer, our logo, much of our branding package was created by Jacob Parr. 
For more information on Jacob's work, please check out jacobparr.design. And you can always get more information about this show and a map of the hidden gems our guests have mentioned at ToledoMatters.com. Side note, uh, the map is down right now. Thank you for a couple deaths pointing that out, but we will have that fixed soon. And finally, thank you for tuning in and making Toledo matter. Until next time, we wish you well. <laughs>